the American Theatre Wing, and the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts bring you the American Theatre Wing's Guide to Careers in the Theatre. This session, Stagehands. Hello, I'm Pia Lindstrom with the American Theatre Wing. Today we are talking with stagehands, the carpenter, the electrician, and the property master. With me now is production carpenter Patrick Sullivan, who's been responsible for Mamma Mia, Annie Get Your Gun, Chicago, Sunset Boulevard, and one of my favorites, Lend Me a Tenor. Welcome. What exactly do you do? Well, what I do is I get hired by a general manager who would call me. He would call my boss. His name is Artie Sicardi, and then he would call me. And then we, he would go over the drawings with me. The drawings of what? Which is the scenic designer. Each show is a scenic designer. And they would draw their vision of what the show is. And then Artie and I would sit down and look at the show and decide, you know, what's going to work, what's not going to work. He also has to deal with the budget of the show. Each show has a budget. So then the show goes to what they call the bid session. And the different scenic shops in the area will get sent also a set of drawings from the scenic designer. And then they bid on the show. Mm -hmm. And then you get all the prices back, and you sort of go over, based on the budget and what the prices are, what shop will get it. And sometimes you have to cut certain elements of the show. Because they're too expensive. Because the show, yeah, like they don't the have that kind of budget. Like the staircase or something like that. What would right, you Or a flat. They might have a huge scenic wall, say, that they, is, say, $30,000, for example. Uh -huh. And they decide, well, they don't want to spend that kind of money for that. So they might change it from this big hard wall, which is scenery, which is wood with molding on it, mm -hmm. and maybe windows built into it and doors, and they might change it to a drop mm -hmm. so, it would, so they could save money. But we wouldn't just do it without, of course, the designer's approval. That you, but you don't build the sets yourself. No. That's done at the shop. That's they done come at the in, now, after they've been built, they arrive at the theater. Right. What do you do? Then we install them into the theater. And how do but you... But when the shop builds, and we also go up to the shops and say, this flat needs to be built this way. From, so it's easier for me when I get to the theater. You have to break it down and say, four by eights. So What's it's easier flat? for me. What's a flat? What's a flat? It's just a, like a wall, I guess, would mm -hmm. be a, mm -hmm. and it's it's on, a scenic wall. And it's on ropes, or...? It's made out of wood, usually. Mm -hmm. It's soft flats and hard flats. And a soft flat would be like a one by three frame with braces, and they would just cover it either muslin or velour and paint it as per designer. And then some are hard if they want mm -hmm. it to be hard, so if you walked by it, it wouldn't shake. Yeah. And it's also a budgetary thing, you know. So it's you and your crew have to fit it into the theater, make it correct. hang, or... And what do right. you call that? How do you get that in, and how do you do that? That's, the, I guess, the installation of mm -hmm. the show. Or we call that the load-in, is a better term. The load-in, so we load the shows in. And uh, we also deal with the electric, because they have a lighting designer each show. Uh -huh. And so they have a light plot where all their lights go. So we have to deal with that the lights and the scenery all fits. What if it doesn't fit? Well, then you have to make compromises between the two designers of what's going to get cut or what can get moved. When do you usually work? During the day, at night? No, uh, usually during the day. Uh -huh. Usually you try and do load-ins on eight-hour days, the weekends off, but some shows the schedule does not permit that. If you're coming from out of town, say, say you mm -hmm. do a tryout in Chicago, mm -hmm. now you have to get the show up. You close on a Sunday or Saturday in Chicago, and they want to have a show by, say, the following Saturday or Sunday. So sometimes you'll work, you know, 8 to 10 or 8 to midnight for the whole week to get the show on so that they can get the audience in. 
What are some of the things you need to know in order to have a job like yours? Uh, you need to have carpentry skills, basic just to know how things go together. Uh, you need to have rigging skills, which is when you see scenery flying in, it gets rigged to either a counterweight set, which is a pipe, inch and a half pipe with cables, quarter inch cables, usually four, but if it's a uh, long pipe, then you need five or six. And sometimes you need, you're in a hemp house. So a hemp house, what it has is, they just have hemp, which is five-eighths rope, mm -hmm. manila rope, and they tie into a pipe. And that's a little more, it's not as easy in a hemp house to hang a show because you don't have the counterweights. When you have a counterweight system, you have a pipe that's here, and if you put a, some, 600 pounds on this pipe, there's an arbor, which is all these four cables go over to an arbor, which is rigged either on stage left or stage right usually, and you put that much weight into that arbor to counterbalance it, and then you're just mm -hmm. moving it back and forth. Whereas, is a lot of this computerized? Uh, they have automated sets where they do computerize uh, scenic elements. So do you have to know how to operate those yes. uh, automation machines? Yes. And usually you'll go to a shop, whichever shop is in charge of that automation for that specific mm -hmm. production, and you'll learn their system because not all of them are the same. Each shop has its own little setup. You know, they're not the same. The same computer won't right. run from one show, won't run another show. Is it a lot of physical work? There is physical work to it, loading trucks and unloading trucks. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff's heavy. Most of the times I just don't really have to carry stuff because I'm in charge, so I just make sure the stuff goes in the right way. And how many men or, or women are in your crew? Depending on, a on musical. the musical. It's a musical, uh -huh. I'd have 14 carpenters. Oh, so quite a which few. Which includes a house carpenter, uh -huh. and he's in charge. I tell him I need 14 guys. He gets the 14 people to the theater. And then I just say, this is what I need. I need someone on a fly floor. I need someone on a loading bridge. I need two guys in the grid in case we got to move something after we spot the show. And then all the rest of the guys are on a deck. And now it, when the show is going on, it's dark backstage. So you have yes. to learn how to operate in the dark. Well, there is just running lights. There's some I mean, lights. Light you can see. Plus, the light on stage usually is it sort of bleeds off into the wing, so it's not so bad. Where do you find the 14 guys uh, who do this? In New York, Local One, the mm -hmm. House Carpenter, they have, I don't know how many, I want to say 3,000 members to choose from, and they'll just get to wherever they get them from. You know, usually they're friends or, you so know, because they all... So you sort of have to know somebody to To start get a, a job? business, yeah. yeah, it's, a lot of it is friends and relatives. I mean, it's sort of a closed industry that way. But it's opening up more where more people are coming in that don't have relatives and aren't friends. Well, how would they go about that? I guess they would go to the union hall, mm -hmm. you know, and they have a, what do they call it, where they shape. And say, like, when I told the house carpenter, say from the winter garden where I did Mamma Mia, mm -hmm. I need 14 carpenters, someone doesn't show up. He needs another guy. Oh. He'll call the union hall, and they have guys sitting there waiting to go to work, and they'll send someone over. Are there any apprentice programs at the union that people could learn some of these uh, things? I believe they have apprentice programs in the shops, in the local one shops, the sound shops, the electric shops, and the carpenter shops. And sometimes a lot of guys, that's what they do. They go up to the shop, mm -hmm. like Hudson Scenic is one that's in Yonkers, and they have apprentice program there where they get guys mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And then once the guys, after so many years, I think it's three years, they can get a local one card, which makes it easier when you have a union card to get hired, because they don't like you to hire guys that don't have cards even though they still do, but they, so you, it's easier if you have a union yeah. card to get hired, especially when it gets slow and there's less guys working. And then uh, 
from context from someone like me going to the shop, I would meet them and I would see them. And then I might say, you know, Frank, can you hire this guy from the shop? He's got his card and he's a good worker. And I know, and that can be a connection for Frank and this guy later on, even after I'm gone. You know, he may like this guy and he might hire him later on. What sort of people are good at this? What, I guess what people that are good with their hands uh -huh. and crafts and stuff like that. Well, you know? don't you also have to have sort of a calm personality backstage when there's so much uh, hysteria that no. can happen? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, everyone's, it's all different kinds of personalities. Some people are calmer than others. You know, some people get more excited easily. Do you have to get along? With I think you do have to be, to be, especially in my position, you have to be more relaxed. If something goes wrong, you can't jump, you know, and get all excited. You have to sort of sift it out. And Things just do get go wrong. It. I mean, yes. the wrong set comes out or something doesn't, the door doesn't right. open. And the drop and goes too far. I mean, we've all it's life heard theory. about those happens. things. Right. You know, have you ever had anything bad like that happen on yes. the sets? Yeah, it's happened. <laughs> like what? <laughs> One time I was knifing the unit up to go on stage and I didn't get the knife in. Just two knives is what they call. They have winches, mm -hmm. which is a motor that moves scenery on and off stage. And then they have tracks that the winches have cable run through. And there's a thing they call a dog in the track, which is attached to the cable. The dog receives a knife, right? Mm -hmm. And in the unit, there's the thing called the receiver. So the knife goes through the receiver and into the dog. And that connects the unit into the winch motor, the cable. So when that cable moves, that unit will move. Oy. So there's usually a drive knife, mm -hmm. which is connected into the winch itself. And there's a guide knife. And that's just into the track. So it just falls loosely into the track so it keeps the unit from twisting. Mm. So one time I had a unit going on and I got the, the drive knife was in but I didn't get the guide knife in and the unit went out and it turned 90 degrees. <laughs> the set turned. <laughs> oh, it was just a, it was a little glass cabinet with cameras in it. It was on Big Deal, Bob Fosse's <laughs> show. I was like, oh, oh, no. now I have to go out there and get it off. <laughs> and how did you do that? I had to just wrestle with it and drag it off. Well, how would a person learn this if, if somebody were going to you know, prepare a little bit for this. Are there any classes you would suggest or something to study in school? I guess they have, in colleges, they have uh, classes that teach you basic scenic stuff. But really the best experience is, the best way to learn is by experience. Mm -hmm. And something like automation is through the automation shops. You know, you would go there, I guess, and Do you need a college a degree for this? job? You don't have to have I it. Don't have do? no, so I don't have one. I went to college. So you, you don't need that, but you do need a lot of technical training. Right. And experience. And I mean. experience. And so it's, how much can a, a carpenter on a show earn? I'd say between seventy-five to $100,000 a year. Oh. You know, if you're not only just doing your show, because what happens, you have a load-in period in New York, and then it gets to a point where the show opens, mm -hmm. and then the show just runs. You're just doing eight shows a week, right? And then sometimes you've got to work extra in those days, on other days, in other theaters, doing load-ins of other shows. Or some people go up to the shop and they work in a shop as extra money to supply, to, you know, supplement their income. So the production carpenter could have a couple of shows at one time that you're mm, working on? You couldn't work no, two shows at the same oh, time. Oh, because you have to be there. You have to be there. Every, you have to load your show in and okay. then you have to be there and for the performances as well. Every performance. Right. Okay. But if there's another show that's just working a load and it's just doing mm -hmm. days, mm -hmm. whether you're just doing eight hour days during the week, then you could do that and do your show at night. Well, tell well. me about how you got into the business. I mean, what was your path? Uh, my father was in it. Uh -huh. His father was in it as oh. well. <laughs> and I grew up in Hartford, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And uh, my local number is Local 84, is Hartford, Connecticut. 
And when I was 16, he put me to work doing mostly in this Hartford Civic Center doing trade shows, mm -hmm. which is like antique show, a flower show, a boat show, a car show like that, setting up the electrical needs of the show. So mm -hmm. they would set up like a booth and they would need electric for lights or whatever. And I do that in the weekends. So that's another way to start, to get to the theater. You could yeah. go doing some other kind of shows. Yeah. To get the experience. Yeah. Because it's hard to get the experience, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's hard to get in. Yeah, it's hard to get to, to find the... But the if you're a good worker mm -hmm. and you're knowledgeable, and you will, it will happen. Are, are there any women carpenters? Yeah. But not so many. Not so many. Mostly women are in either the property department or the electric department. Or sound as well. Right. Not too many in the carpenter. Is that because it's such a physical labor? I guess, yeah, I would say, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff's heavy. Not that a woman couldn't do it. Right. It just seems that for some reason they just gravitate towards the other departments. And minorities, is it uh, open to. Uh, yeah. It's better now than it ever was, but, you know, but it's like anything else. It's hard to get in, especially if you're a minority. It's definitely hard. It's harder, I mm -hmm. would say, mm -hmm. you know, because. The heads of departments that hired is not that many minorities. I, I mean, there's more now, but right. it's hard. So after you worked on the shows, mm -hmm. then how did you get to Broadway? Then what happened was, as I got older, then mm -hmm. I started to work at the theater. Oh. And what I would do is, because it's not a seniority system, but the older members obviously get the better jobs. Uh -huh. So I would do like the load-in, say, for the whiz. And then during the sh I would, wouldn't do the performances because someone else would come in and do the performances that had a day job somewhere else. And then as I got older, then I got to be that person that then did the shows. And then I got a call to go on the road, Fiddler on the Roof, 1983. Mm -hmm. And I went as the assistant carpenter and we toured that for 14 weeks. Then when that show closed, there was another show called Jerry's Girls mm -hmm. going on the road. And the carpenter from the show asked me to go as his assistant. And so it's just sort of, once you get started, you get ref referrals and people, whatever they like you, and they just keep calling you. You have in front of you the, the hanging plot? What yes, is, this is a hang plot. What, what is that exactly? This is based on a ground plan in the section that the scenic designer mm -hmm. and the lighting designer right. draw how they think the show should lay out. So this is to keep track of where, right, everything, where everything is? where everything is, that because everything clears, that this light's not going to be away, this piece of scenery, or this scenery's not going to block that light because they've got to shoot it downstage. And so it's sort of a way to lay it out before you don't just bring it into the theater. You sort of have it all laid out. And sometimes there's, you might want a piece of scenery specifically. We use the smoke pocket, which is where the uh, fire curtain comes in in an emergency right. as their zero, zero, and we measure everything off of that. There's a lot of computing that goes on, it sounds. It's yeah, not you just be good lifting. At math. You have to be good at math, it math. sounds like. Yes. And also people skills. I would say that's a big thing. You have to know how to tell people what to do. It definitely helps. Like what? What sort of things do you have to tell people? Well, when you tell someone to build something, you don't, you have to, you don't want to be condescending. Right. You don't want to be like a bossy, kind of yelly. Right. You just want to say, this is what you need to do. And they'll, they know how to, especially in New York, they know how to do it. You don't have to stand over and say, this is how to do it. I want you to do this, this, and this, and this. Do, do you think that most of the people like the theater? I mean, they're attracted to it because yeah. of... I do. Really? You, you actually like I really enjoy watching the shows? Well, yeah. I enjoy more putting the shows in uh -huh. more than anything else. You know, making it all work, you know, sort of that. 
So you feel that you're part of the, uh, the theatrical experience. Right. And, and I like to leave shows and do other shows because mm -hmm. just running a show is kind of, it's all right, but I'd rather be doing the load-ins. That's what? more, because it's like you're building something, you're making something. And so there's a, it's like a finishing point, mm -hmm. you know. So you, you get to see your work. Right. Or, right. Do you have any favorite shows that you like the sets on? <laughs> City of Angels. City of Angels. Also, that was an amazing show, which is designed by Rob Wagner. The set was amazing. We had 39 scene changes in that show. Oh, so you would have had a plot. Yeah, we'd much bigger than this. This is, huge. Like a one set, yeah. this is for one mo time that's right. coming in. But if you had how many? Would 39 you scene changes. 39 scene changes. How in the world would you have to have a book? Big theater to store it all. <laughs> how do you have a huge theater? But how in the world do you keep track of all that? Well, they, have, two sheet. they have two sheets. But once you do a show a couple times, especially in rehearsal, when uh -huh. they're teching a show and they have the actors, you sort of, after doing it, it sort of just gets in you. And you can remember. And you remember. And by the music, you know, you know, by this music, you're supposed to be somewhere. Oh, so you have to know music, too. Yeah. Math and music. Right. And people skills. Mm-hmm. And right. knowing somebody in the union. Right. And but it's easier now than mm -hmm. And, than and it's liking ever been the together. theater. Right. It sounds like those are some of the qualifications. Yes. Anything else? No, that's about it. Would you recommend it as a career yeah. for somebody if they were I thinking? think it's very fulfilling. It's always changing. You know, it's not the same thing all the time. Right. You know, like if you worked at a place like Radio City Hall where they get so many different shows, with the exception of the Christmas show, which, seems, which is a long chunk, but there's so many different things going to Radio City. They have trade shows. They have mm -hmm. rock concerts. They have... Blues Clues, a little touring show. So it's good because you get to learn different, you get to see different things, you get to learn different, meet different people. So I think it's great. Do you get to know the actors and the directors and so on? Sometimes. Sometimes you try and stay away from them. <laughs> or at least stay out of the way, I suppose. Yeah. I can imagine sometimes it's chaos backstage when things don't quite work and right. you must all be bumping into each other. That's no, not too bad. It's not too bad. <laughs> But I've done props before in shows, and when you're a prop person, it's more, there's more contact with, I see. The, with the actors. I see. Because, you see. know, they got to deal with this cut. Right, right. So you got to sort of... But you've worked then with some of the major designers oh, yeah. in this business. Yes. D can this job lead to something else, like designing? Well, I guess it could lead to production supervisor. Okay. Which would be, that's how I get hired. The production supervisor would hire me, and then I would get, you know, after so many years... Mm -hmm. Hopefully I get a reputation that I could get to that kind of a position. And then I would hire the carpenters and the mm -hmm. prop people for the specific shows. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. The next stagehand job we're going to talk about is the electrician. And with me is production electrician James Fedigan. Hello. Well, Mr. Fedigan has done so many musicals and plays. You have such a long, <laughs> long list of things, including Annie Get Your Gun, Chicago, Into the Woods, Cabaret, and Gypsy, among many, many others. Oh. What exactly are the duties of the production electrician? Well, the duties basically start with meeting with the lighting designers first and foremost. You sit with them. They draw up what they want to do in the show. They've gotten the drawings from the set designer who left them a little bit of space here and a little bit of space there. In some instances, they don't leave many space, and you have to find your own, make your own space. And then we'll go through it and say, well, you know, uh, he'll, he'll design what he wants, and he'll call me and say, what, can we fit this here? Can we fit that there? Can, what, what do you think uh, about using this? And, and we'll go through it, and, and then we have a time structure that's set up. Do we have a week to load it in? Do we have three weeks to load it in? You know, how much time? It depends on what we can actually get up in the air and get working in that amount of time. 
So uh, basically, I sit with them. We go through it. They make up a final drawing. Then we do the bids to the shops. We go to the shops. And then I'll go over to the shop, and they'll ask me about, well, if you use this instead of this, we can lower the budget. And so we, we play games a little bit with the money. When you talk about this and this, you're talking about lights. Uh, lights. Like if we're using this, different kinds of moving lights is the big thing everybody's using nowadays. And there's a very light, and there's a high-end production of studio colors, studio spots, and, and there's a lot of different prices. Very light being the very high end, that was the first out there. And, and they're priced the same. They're priced probably, you know, three times as much as a different type of moving light. So if they ask you to substitute, then you say with the designer, do you think we can use this here, there? And Where does it move? It moves. In the old days when you had, you know, a show that had 300 lights on it, each light was a light and maybe a color in it, and that was it. it the only time you ever worked on it was if it burnt out, you changed the bulb. And Nowadays, it hung in the ceiling. Hung, in, hung in the, on the pipe. Or maybe at a the pipe that was sent out or the footlights or a ground row or side booms. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what they had. Nowadays, Every light in the show, almost, if it doesn't move, it has a color scroller in front of it that has 30 different choices for a designer to change different colors. And the moving lights can move, in, you know, we hung a pipe of moving lights. And those moving lights, they pan, they tilt, they change colors, they iris down, they put gobos onto the floor, they project What's a gobo? Things. Gobo is different <laughs> patterns that you oh. run on the floor. It could be a circle pattern, it could be a dot pattern, it could be stars, you know, it could be anything like that. And you could fit 30 of them into one moving light. So you would think that with all these moving lights and colors, the designers would, have, would use a lot less lights because they don't need, like they used to fit it with 250 lights. Now you have 200 lights with it. And no, no, that doesn't, not the case. No. We still, every inch of space is taken up with lights and, and all different things. So now you don't move them by hand. No, you do them by the computer. It's all, all the lights computerized. Through the computer. Yep. You run all the cables to your pipe. You hang your electrics. You run your cables to your pipes. You keep all your cables out of the way of all the scenic pieces that are going to be flying in and out. Make sure you're up. And, the carpenters will tell you if they're in their way, you're in their way, that can't because be you there. Because they can't be hitting the lights. Right, especially when they go still, right. Not only hitting the lights or the scenery, everything's got to fit exactly right. But then even with the cable going off stage to where they're powered from, the dimmer racks we call them, and they have scenery storing off stage. So all this, the show producers, there's three levels of storage space. So all your cables have to go to the gridiron, the top, and then over, and then down to your rack. So it's, it becomes very very precise now everything has to be. And everything is automated or does anybody push things around? Uh, we, well there's a lot of scenery that we're pushing around. There's stuff like that but as far as, as far as the lights pretty much everything's up. It's just focused to one time. If it's not a moving light it's focused to one time and the designer sets it where he wants. Says okay moves to the next different lights and then the moving lights he sits and there's a computer there's a moving light programmer mm -hmm. that will hire and he'll have he's almost like another designer. He's looking he's watching things and the designer will say let me see you know like you'll pop up over in stage right mm -hmm. in a corner and he'll take 30 lights and he'll move them hmm. to that corner for an effect and put some smoke in the air and put beams of light and you have this big dramatic effect where in the old days you couldn't do that. They popped up over there, just whatever lights were focused over there we could bring up. Now we can, they move over to here, the next scene we take those 30 lights and we swing them over and now they're picking up that person over there. Now so. what about the sound? Is that somehow in your department, the wires well, to figure out the, so the sound, no, the, sound, the electrical? The sound, the sound basically, I'll, like as a production electrician, right. I'll work with the sound guys in, in a way where I'm just, what, do we, what are their needs are. Mm -hmm. They have a production sound man that's on the show when he works his stuff and he, he mixes the show and all. And he'll work all his stuff out, all his magic where he's going to hide a speaker, his surround sound and all mm -hmm. that out. Basically, my work with them is what are your needs, mm -hmm. what, are your, what is your manpower needs, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Now, you load the show in. You load the show in. And how long does that take to get uh, this thing depending set Depending on up? the show, we're, we're doing, like, we're, I'm bringing The Graduate in is my next show. And mm -hmm. we load in on a Monday 
afternoon at one o'clock, and we have a Thursday night performance. Oh. So it's it's been on the road. It's in Toronto now, and it's a uh, it's one of those things that's going to be tight schedule wise. We'll work eight in the morning till midnight every night. Big walls, big sets, and, uh, and it's a straight play, so it's not mm -hmm. crazy moving lights. But there's enough lights. It's very precise, very precise focus, and so when these walls are up. You know, we have to 14 hours of just focusing lights, making sure each thing is exactly through a wall. And, uh, you know, when it comes through the wall, it hits this part of the scenery. When that's in, it hits that table. You know, everything's very precise. So it's, uh, it's one of those things. So depending on the time loaded, we've done other shows where we've loaded in for six weeks. You know, and we've done because you know ten hour days because it was so big and the scenery was so big. What sort of a show would that be? That uh, one of these big like Sunset Boulevard when they loaded in. I, I wasn't on the show, but that mm -hmm. loaded in. That was, uh, you know, like a three four month loaded. They worked eight to five for almost four months before the cast came to the stage and all. You know, this could be. It's it, it's so different. You know, depending on time and schedule. The producers used to be, we worked eight to midnight. Every, all the time. Mm. And we got the show up, we had a load in Monday, and the show was a week or two away. The cast had to get on stage and rehearse. Nowadays, the producers are seeing it more as, if the theater's available, let's go in and not work overtime. Let's work mm -hmm. eight-hour days and five days a week until we need to go overtime. And it's worked out much better for the guys socially. They get home and see, take a look at their family. <laughs> well, it is night work, isn't it's it? Much, it's very much night work. It's very much day and night work. Day and, and, and weekend work. And weekends and holidays. <laughs> You know, the, uh, very rarely do you have a Christmas day off or do you have Thanksgiving day off. You know, it's, uh, you're there on so the show. So you have to really want to do this. You have to really love what you do. Yeah, because you do don't, uh, I, I'm married, I have three kids, and somebody came, we were at a picnic, and they said, oh, your husband really does exist to my <laughs> wife because in all the weekend things she would do, I'd be in the theater. Um, my day's off from Monday through Friday if I don't, you know, during the day and then leave for work at 4 o'clock if I'm not doing something during the day, loading in another show. What are some of the things you need to know to become an electrician on a show? What you need to know is you need to know basic skills of electricity. So first of all, you don't get hurt, you know, and mm -hmm. you're not sticking your finger into a plug or something, you know, very basic stuff. But basically you need to know nowadays um, we're getting a lot of new people into the union through for technical reasons because a lot of the older guys that are in the local don't have the know-how of these moving lights and these automated lights and all the stuff that's going on and these new kids the best place to go is learn go, go learn moving lights go learn how these moving lights work how to run the boards how to you know do all that stuff and then we were desperately looking for them and say okay I need to go to you guys I need 10 guys but I need four moving light guys where do you study moving lights uh, you can study in the shops you know a lot of these a lot of these studios their lights uh, high-end they have their own shops and you go there and you learn the lights or you learn them on site. You know, you can learn at college. A lot of the colleges have budgets now where they have moving mm -hmm. lights in, in their packages and stuff. And they take them down and, and they have to work on them. And so that must change a little bit how the union is set up because, as I understand, it was a father-son or father-daughter kind of union for many, many years. Many, many years. And you think this is changing? It's changed completely now, yeah. It's, uh, I would imagine that like my father was in the business, but it was, and that's where I started. But there's, I'm one of the last generations, mm -hmm. not too many now, where the guys hmm. are coming in because their fathers run. They're coming in because they know you have to, you have to know a certain amount. You got your card because you knew somebody. Nowadays, it's a lot harder because there's not a need for a guy that just, I just want his son on the call. Mm. There's a need for if his son knows moving lights, I'll take him on the call. <laughs> so that's, uh, it's changed the industry a lot. The technology, the carpenters, the same thing. The automation. And, you know, there's a lot of, it's all high tech now. We've basically Broadway's competing with theme parks now, you know, and these big mm -hmm. giant shows that have to see special effects and smoke and things blowing up and sets falling down. And, 
And are you in charge of this? What, are you in charge of the smoke and the and smoke? All the special smoke effects. Smoke is your yeah, department. Smoke, lasers, all, lasers all that stuff. Lasers is your department. Right. Smoke, well, lasers. What about when somebody turns pyro. on a faucet of water? Has if the water is running, it's electric. If it's just a if it's just a water and it's in a bucket or something, and they pour it into <laughs> it for the thing, then it becomes a prop. So that, it, that gets a little funny. Water is a little funny. But if you turn it on, it's electric. You turn it on because you're hooking a pump up to it. You're hooking up an electric pump that's pushing the water through the line to get out. Because so there are a lot of pools and things like that in shows now. Shows, yeah. yep. These and, days, and a lot I of notice. straight plays, they'll go over and they'll turn the faucet on or they'll pretend they're, you know, pump an old style pump and they put the bucket under it and the water's pouring through. So, so it's that's a, the, it your all has job. to work. Yeah, it's all part of the special effects part of the show. Now we have a big special effects show where uh, I have drawings here for yes, Dracula. Let's look at them. And this is a line designed by Hal Binkley. Mm -hmm. He's, he did Dracula out in La Jolla. Mm -hmm. And this is basically a his first preliminary design of what's going to happen. Now, this will change quite a bit before it comes to New York. If, you know, we're hoping that it comes in. They're working on it now. Right. Is they have a huge special effects package. And Hal basically did it himself with the electricians in San Diego. And they worked it out with smoke and all. But it wants to be so complicated that they're probably hire. We'll talk about it and we'll have meetings. And we'll hire a special effects person that's just, you know, like uh, there's different guys out there who just do special effects. They just do a smoke or a laser and stuff like that. So we'll hire them, bring them onto our team, and go through a bunch of things ahead of time so we can put it installed into the now theater. these are all the lights These are, are all the up? lights and, uh, that are up. Now, uh, I'll give you an idea of moving lights ceiling, again. I mean, these are all up on the, on the pipes. The, like a, you load the, the pipe up with lights or a truss. Is it a real pipe? Or pipe or a truss. If it's on truss, we'll take it up on motors okay. and we'll raise it up. If it's a pipe, then the carpenters will ring the pipe in for us. We'll load it up with a thousand pounds of lights, oh. and they'll put a thousand pounds of light, a thousand pounds of weight on the arbor, so it all balances out, and we'll take it up to a trim that gets us just over a wall or just under, so the audience doesn't see it, but it's lighting the scenery. So it gets every little. The second page is a section, right. and we do lines. We won't go through them now. No. There's there's lines of sight lines and every little detail of what has to clear and where. So you have to know how to read blueprints. You, you need to know how to do. Yeah, you have to sit there with a scale rule. And, oh. go, and go through it and make sure that oh. the way it's drawn, and if you see your electric drawn here, and then you take your scale roll out, and there's a, there's a scenic element that's going to come in for a scene change, and that's coming in, and your lights are hung here, and your lights are angled this way, you're going to hit. So in some scenes, we have to actually move our lights that are mo we're moving lights this way so that the pipe will so clear, and then we can put them back. So there's a lot of, it's very meticulous. So you have to know how to read blueprints, you have to be a, a regular electrician. Is that, is that a kind of... Uh, a re regular electrician in a way where you just have a basic knowledge of it. Like, I, I wouldn't go wire somebody's house because everything I do is temporary lighting. I'm not putting something oh. in to conduit and running it through in somebody's receptacle and, and doing it that way. So I'm doing stuff that's very temporary. I wouldn't mm. go, you know, so you have to know a basic, you know, your voltage, you know, mm. different things so that you know you're not going to blow something up, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it would be bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What other things do you need to know? Things you need to know. You just need to know the equipment. You need right. to go to the shops. You, you learn stuff from the shops. You learn by doing load ins and load outs of you know different things. And so a piece comes in you haven't seen. You mm -hmm. need to ask questions. You know what is that? How, do, how does that work? You mm -hmm. know, and and you figure it out from there. Basically, that's. Uh, you mentioned that you could take some courses at college. Are there other places that t teach this? There, well, there's an apprentice program. A lot of locals have apprentice programs around the country. Local one has just started in the last about five or six years mm -hmm. having a, a big technology sector because they see what's coming in. So, in fact, you'll see a lot of 55-year-old men sitting in a classroom going through a moving light because they know that the future, if they want to work for another 10 years in the business, they have to have an idea of what this piece does and what that piece does. They're in automation classes. They're in pyro classes. So you're seeing a lot of the, uh, the old-timers plus a lot of the new kids mm -hmm. in there.
you have to love the theater? I know you've uh, had some experience on the stage as well. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> you do. I, I had a little small experience <laughs> in college uh, where they kind of drew. I went with a friend of mine asked me to read lines with them all week, and we were in the football team together. And so I was reading his lines with them, and then he said, come on to the theater and you know, read with me. So I went up and read with them, and the director said, do you mind reading with a couple of girls? I'm short people. So mm -hmm. then he came over and asked me if I'd be the lead in the show. Uh, Dark and the Moon was mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it ended up working out. They kind of worked around my football schedule, but it ended up working out, and I had a lot mm -hmm. of fun doing it. But that's the only time I really uh, went into that area. But doesn't it help to know what it's like to be standing uh, in the light? Oh, I think it does. I think okay. it does. And when the actor, because if you have the light in the wrong place for the actor, he's going to complain. Oh, yeah. Yep. And there's they a lot do. of people. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure they do. A lot of the uh, the pros, Jason Robards, always knew where his light was. Right. You know, uh, when we're doing something, we're focused. And he'll know if that light just dropped a little bit from just loose, you know, loosening up over time. He'll, he'll, he might walk on stage and say, Jimmy, that light is off its spot. And you know what? 90% of the time they're right. And a lot of times they're wrong, but 90% of the time they're right. They all want the spotlight. They all want the spotlight. But I, I, like I said, question was I think you have to love what you do because of the work, weekends, nights, mm -hmm. holidays. And if you don't love it, you're going to be just miserable, you know, being away from everything else that your neighbors and your friends mm -hmm. and your families involved in, and you're running off to go do your show. So I think you, I, I want nothing, to, my father was in the business and I want nothing to do with the business originally because I didn't know who my father was till I was oh. 16 and started to go to work with my father. He was working day and night. And then we had nine brothers and sisters and it was a big family so he had to make the money. But once I started working with them, then I enjoyed it but I still went through college and with no plans at all of being in the business. And then my father had a heart attack the week that I was gonna graduate college. Oh. And it was fine but I had to go to work for him at Starlight Express for six months while he was on the back porch recovering and bring a check home mm -hmm. for eight brothers mm -hmm. and sisters. And from that point on, I fell in love with the theater. I, the, the camaraderie you have with the guys backstage, you, you meet some of the cast, you're playing softball teams, we're all mm -hmm. on one team, you know. The, so I, I actually then got the bug and was bitten. So it's the life of the theater that you like as much as the, uh, the work itself. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's not, you're going into work, you're not going in and sitting on a computer with a screen in front of you in a cubicle and you know you might run into somebody at lunchtime you're working you know with 25 30 people around you at all times and four guys on the team doing things and you're talking back and forth or you have headsets on and you're doing the show and you know guys are running the foul spot for their you know second year and they know the show cold and they're talking <laughs> and you're basically talking to the guys on your headset as you're doing the show you know as the stage managers pumping it into your ear how many guys are on your crew? Uh, most of the times I bring in 14, 12 to 14 guys mm -hmm. to put a show in, take a show out. But um, running crews depend on the amount of foul spots in the show, how many moves of the deck, mm -hmm. how many special effects there are. But normally between four to four to seven guys in that area. And how much can they earn? You can earn you can earn about a thousand dollars a week in a local one job on on a foul spot, mm -hmm. and then. You can supplement your income doing different things, and I think Pat and talked about you know uh, running, you know doing a load ins and doing loadouts and running onto the midnight crew someplace else to do a loadout because you know uh, some concert just ended and they're looking for guys and guys run over to there. So, and as the production, uh, as the supervisor of the carpenters, do you earn more? Yes, yeah, you're you you earn more because you're you're working like I'm the production electrician for some of the shows that you had mentioned. Yes. So I'll get them open and then I'll run off to another show and do that. So you give a chance, because you're in charge of the men, mm -hmm. you can earn more. Not a lot more. The mm -hmm. local one has very good rates and a lot of the big cities have very good rates and, and we're trying to fix that a little bit, the contract, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you, can, you can earn some more. For, for anything, like anything else, if you know what you're doing and you know the equipment and you're in charge, you'll, you'll earn more. Do you have to go on the road or do you go on the I road I do go on the well? road 
more often than I'd like to. I, I was just in Toronto last week, and I'll be in Boston next week and doing the graduate that's coming in. Yes. And I'm going to be in L.A. April 6th to do a full Monty tour to get that on its initial setup for about three weeks and get that going. But do you stick, stay with I the I don't show? stay with it. I'll, I'll, I'll be the production guy. I'll be the I blueprints that come in. I hire a head on the show, a frontline man on the show, a frontline man, which is a very important position mm -hmm. on all the shows because you know, all the lights in the world can be working what they are, but if the front light is on you and all of a sudden the guy's swinging it back and forth, everybody in the audience sees that. So a front oh. light position, a good front light man is worth its weight in gold, especially mm -hmm. for these young kids in college and all that are coming through. Mm -hmm. uh, learn to run a front light and on plays and musicals. and If you can run a front light, you can work hmm. in this business. That's, that's, a, that's a big, big job. Hmm. And uh, so I, then I just hire those guys, and then they'll call me if there's a problem. I have to fly out if there's, you know, we lost everything. The power went down. But, you know, what happened? So. <laughs> Does that ever happen? All the power went down? Well, we've, we've lost power a few times. candles? Uh, what did you do? <laughs> we've lost com the computer a few times. Oh, uh, that's bad. We were doing Gypsy with Time Daily, and, and we basically had two of the three racks go down. So we were kind of replugging stuff into the one rack that was good for two shows because we couldn't get the part there until the next day and throw in a 400 amp main for a blackout <laughs> and then they change the set and we throw it back on and we'd have more lights on. So you, you make do. But there's all kinds of backups in place to prevent that. Just in case. A flashlight. Yeah, a flashlight, follow spots, you know, a couple of work lights. The stage manager has a switch on his box that can light the whole show and just... Well, it sounds light. like you have fun. I, re I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. I enjoy the guys. Mm -hmm. I, enjoy, do I enjoy the lighting designers and I think uh, the designers have been on the shows, and you can mm -hmm. see the passion they have, and mm -hmm. along with the actors. And if, and if you don't have that equally, mm -hmm. some of the guys might say, "Ah, oh, it's just a job." But they wouldn't be there if they didn't love what they were doing. And you get to watch your final product, and you know, look at it and take a little pride. In Where it. can you go with it? Is there somewhere that another step that you? Some some of the go? guys have gone to designing, gone to, over to oh. like an assistant lighting design position, mm -hmm. or you know, like I'm, I do a lot of TV work also with design, and I'll be doing some jobs here, and I was at the White House, and I was doing something, and actually for the Christmas in Washington, and one of the designers says, Jimmy, I don't need, I don't have anybody, can you go over to the White House and light the first lady doing a little Christmas mm -hmm. presentation? So I brought the guys in with the lights and actually yeah. designed a little bit of it myself. Oh. So I don't really enjoy that as much as I enjoy what I do. Mm -hmm. So, but there is a lot of guys that do make the next step and become lighting designers. All of this equipment, uh, it's kept in warehouses, and then you... It's kept in shops. It's kept in shops. Drag it in in trucks and so yeah, on? There's some shops in Jersey, and there's some shops up in Westchester County. And you go over there, and they have a lot of space, and the space is all you know, uh, filled up with all these new technical lights. And you see, actually, a lot of the spaces, you know, there's the stuff that we used to use five years ago that's just piled up collecting it's dust. It's already obsolete. It changes obsolete. Nobody will use it, ah. or it changes that fast. Including the sound equipment. They have these big, giant boards they might use for one show. And after one season goes by, somebody invented a better one. And so if you're a college out there, call and ask for this equipment because it's sitting there and oh, they'll really? make a deal with you, I'm sure, oh, really? <laughs> just to get rid of it. And so. is that going to continue, you think? Uh, is I it think a now with what, there's a company out there called ETC now, which is the, the new high end of the you know, uh, spectrum as far as lighting. And, and they've created a product that's just incredible. And with the other companies that are out there, there'll be a lot of changes. There'll be new moving light companies and there's competition for all this stuff. But I think as far as the big change that just happened mm. in the last five to seven years, that we won't see that big a change for a while. So you have to keep up with all you of this. You have to keep up with it. You have to go into the shop. When the new boards come in, you know, the, you have to know how to program a board. Because even though I'm hiring a guy now to do it, that's where I started was on the foul spot, then programming the board. And then somebody said, well, let's use him as a production guy. He did a good job. So then you have to 
make sure that you, that you still have to know what they're doing so that you know they're doing it right. right. So if they tell you it's going to take 10 minutes, you know it's supposed to take 10 minutes, that, that it's supposed to take two minutes, you know. So you have to know the equipment. You, I used to go to the shop and, and learn the boards as they came out, and we'd sit there for a couple hours, a couple of us guys, and, and learn the equipment. Terrific. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Another stagehand job is with the property department, and with me now is production property master Heidi Brown. Heidi has done many, many plays, including the full many of the most famous designers like Robin Wagner. Yes. Well, what in the world is a prop? What counts as props? Uh, everything that's not the scenery or the lights or the clothes. It's set decoration. It can be furniture, furniture furnishings. It can be hand props. You know, this is a hand prop. Um, it's, it also it sort of goes on from there because it's also, I'm in charge of the covering of the stage. I'm in charge of moving the wardrobe people into, and the clothes into where they have to go. I'm in charge of getting the stage manager's effects into the area that they need to be. Um, all of uh, that kind of stuff. When dressing room things, dressing room needs are my responsibility. When you say cover the floor, you mean like a rug? It could be a rug. It could be the painted surface, if it's just a painted surface. Um, it can be linoleum. So your department would paint it? The scenic artists paint it, but then we maintain it. We clean it. We might touch it up when it needs mm -hmm. to be repainted. If it's, if it's a carpet, we clean it. <laughs> we do a lot of cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> And how, how do you do, you get a list of all the props that are needed for the show? How do you know? Well, I get lists from a lot of places. I get a list, to start with, I, I get a list from the set designer mm -hmm. who would tell me what he or she wants in terms of furnishings, for example, um, draperies, uh, designed pieces, anything, could be anything. And we start, so I start with the set designer. Then we move on to the director and the stage manager and they would provide me with a list of what the other needs might be hand prop needs um, could be anything you know little stuff big stuff now does the set designer provide you with all these things that are needed no they the set designer provides me with the list you get the list I get the list I get papers and drawings and then I have to I've got to get all the things and where do you get them? Well, we get them from a lot of places. We shop for them mostly. Um, we have a lot of things built. A lot of things are made. Most, mostly everything is furnishings are often custom. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you get ne the needs are for things that don't exist. And so we have to... Like what? Well, it's what we call unobtainium. Um, <laughs> it's, it might be a, a sofa that's a nine-foot sofa or, or a three-foot sofa or you know, a, a chair for a very large person. I did a show uh, called The Best Man, uh, and Charles Durning was in it, and he's a very large man, and we had to make sure that anything we bought could accommodate him, and if it couldn't, then we had to make it, uh, for example. So you're in charge of the making of this furniture as well? That's not a carpenter's job? No. Uh, do, furnishings are, are always props. Always. 
do you, and you go, you're like a shopper then. Part of your job is being a, part an of my expert job, shopper. Part of my job is being a shopper. And how do you know where, where to even begin? Well, I have some basic tools that I use, one of which is uh, the phone book. There's a big trade secret. <laughs> and uh, another one is this um, book, which is terrific. It's called the Entertainment Source Book. And uh, it's really, really useful. And what's in there? Like what? It's, among other things, it's people who uh, provide services for the theater and TV and movies. But it's also regular retail outlets uh, as well, people who provide um, goods, services, a anything like that. It's well-researched. And a lot of times what happens is that uh, I play detective because if I you know, can't find the specific thing, maybe someone in a store or maybe one of these sources can, can point me in the right direction. And I always say it's like you just have to be a really good detective and be really persistent. And so you have to travel around the city or whatever city you're in with a truck and pick this stuff up? Well, I hire. I mean, because I'm in charge, okay. I'm not always driving the truck, <laughs> but I make trucking arrangements. Okay. Um, I hire shoppers. I can't always do it myself. Uh, I hire shoppers. I hire people to do the fabrics. Sometimes I can do it myself, and uh, a lot of times I cannot because I'm in the rehearsal hall, or I'm in the theater, or I'm at the shop, or, you know, I can't be in all the places. Uh, so how many people work for you in a big You know, musical? on a big musical, I can have four or five people working for me at once, um, and that's just in the shopping end. Um, fabrics take an inordinate amount of time. Uh, we have to swatch everything. We have to take pictures of everything. We shoot we, we bring fabric swatches to the designer, we bring photographs, we bring drawings. I mean, we, we really, it's a lot, of, a lot of footwork before we even spend any money, to be honest. So first you have to find the, the, the fabric, then you photograph it, then you take it to the designer. Well, we'll find and a fabric and get, and get little pieces. Get swatches, and then the designer says, I like that or I don't. I like it or I don't. Or sometimes the designer will say, well, that's really nice, but it's only a piece that's two inches square. I need to see yardage. Oh. So we go back and we buy yardage, and then he might say, mm, no, something else. And it goes, a lot of the time is spent just in bringing pictures, photographing mm -hmm. things. It's, I go all through the city. I go uh, into New Jersey, onto Long Island. Into, I go to flea markets, antique stores. I go to regular retail outlets. I might go to Macy's. I can go anywhere. So you're not in the theater all the time. Your job then requires you to be out a lot. Well, the pre-production period mm -hmm. is a period in which, uh, and it starts several months before the, the show actually winds up in the theater, mm -hmm. in which we do all the shopping and the building and the finding. And then once we start the load-in, mm -hmm. I have to be in, in the theater to supervise what needs to happen there. But I also need to be able to leave the theater and go to look at stuff that's being built for me elsewhere, and it could be in many places. Uh, I also have to be in the rehearsal hall with the actors and the stage manager, and I have to watch rehearsals. I have to see what they're doing. What Sometimes things need to do tricks. I, I have to see how <laughs> things are going to be used. You mean uh, cups fall off tables or paintings fall down? Whatever it is, but I, I need to see what an actor is doing with, with that cup. Does it need to be un something that can't break? Do they have to stand on the furniture? If it's a musical, a lot of times it's, do they have to dance on the furniture? It has to be safe. You know, safety is a big issue. Um, and so I have to be in a lot of places, which is why I need really good assistance. When all of this 
stuff arrives at the theater, stuff. how in the world do you keep track of it? I mean, it, we've already got the lights, the sets, the other people backstage. Where in the world do you? Well, we keep go all everywhere this? else. We we go. We find the, all the little nooks and crannies. Um, it's uh, it's a process. Um, certain things go onto sets and will live there forever, for as long as the, the show runs. You mean they're nailed down? Some or? things are nailed down, yes, especially okay. on sets that move, things are nailed down. Um, other things, we, we move around, where the, you know, the little elves running, running things onto the stage in the dark. Um, and that's your crew? That's are the my people, crew. The, the elves mm -hmm. that come in and out and mm -hmm. put the chairs and it's the pillows me, and the cushion? It's my crew, it's, and it's myself and it's as you well. Too. Um, so you really work very closely with the actors because you have to be right there and handing them what they need. We next work very closely. We do. We work very, very closely with the actors. Uh, I will often, you know, have to go see actors in rehearsal or in their dressing rooms and say, "Let's talk about what's the problem with the book." <laughs> well, he'll say, "Well, the page is done. When I when I open it, it needs to stay open." Okay, and we have to we have to find a way to, to make that happen. I mean, there are just all these very, very specific things. So some of the qualities that you need to do this job would be getting along with a lot of different people. I, I really think that it's 80% people skills. Uh -huh. I really do think that. I think um, it's really good to be able to build, you have to be able to build things, you have to be a plumber, you have to be able to, you know, we put things together with uh, spit and tape <laughs> and Velcro, but we also build really complicated things that have to do a lot of tricks. Um, and, but, I, but I really think it's, uh, you have to really be able to talk to people. You have to find out what people need. Mm -hmm. You have to find out what people want. And then you have to get people to do what you need them to do. I, I think it's the, it's, it's the really important thing. Well, if a young person were interested in this, what would they study or what would they do to learn some of these things? Well, I think it's, I have a college degree, and I, uh, I think it's uh, really important to know something about the theater if you're interested to learn about all the things. I can do electrical work. I can do carpentry work. My first love is props. Mm -hmm. I like props because I like things, um, and I like actors, and I like designers, and I like being on stage and solving the problems. Some people don't like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think if you're, if you're interested and if you're handy, then you can learn it. I learned it by, by doing it, really. So a little Even a community theater, high school theater, uh, any local, anything. Well, how, where do you find the people that you hire to work for you? Well, I find them in different places. I find generally the, the people who do the shopping for me are different from the people who are in the theater mm -hmm. mounting the show. When I, when I move everything into the theater, we have the, the house prop person who hires the crew. Mm -hmm. And he or she, you know, gets people. I might say, well, we need, I need someone who's a good carpenter or I need someone who's a good craftsperson. And so we get, we try to cover all the areas during the production period. And then once the show's running, it has to be people who are really, who can do cues. It's really important. You have to have stuff there when it needs to be there. So when you say do cues, what, how do you, how do you do a cue? Well, you do a cue uh, by means of a cue sheet. We all have cue sheets. The electricians have them, the carpenters have them, the prop people have them, the wardrobe people have them. And usually they're, they come from stage management, mm -hmm. and they're basic instructions on when 
this unit needs to be in a certain place or when these chairs have to go out on stage in the dark so that when the lights come up, it's all there. And then we rehearse, we rehearse, and we rehearse, and we rehearse. So and you use both a time cue and an audio cue? You hear the dialogue? We hear, we use dialogue, we use music, we use uh, cues from stage management. Some of us wear headsets, so we're getting cues directly from the stage manager, and we can hear the cues going out to other people as well. Mostly you have to listen, because a lot of times we're really, we are on our own. And we have to be responsible, and you have to be there. And if you're not, someone's going to try to sit in a chair and wind up on the floor, which would be very <laughs> Does bad. Has that happened? <laughs> it has happened. <laughs> do you ever miss a prop or something? We do. Um, <laughs> mistakes have happened. Things have broken. Um, things have not been where they were supposed to be. Yeah, there have been a few. And then there's a lot of yelling going on backstage, or what happens? <laughs> there's uh, much consternation backstage, yeah. Uh, actors get upset, and... Um, I get upset, right. and stage managers get upset. It's not good, but it, it does happen. It's live, and uh, it's not like on TV where they can yell cut and you can do, it, do again. it again. You just have to, you know, you just have to move on. So you have to have a certain kind of disposition that uh, can handle this. Well, I think you have to be, you know, you have to sort of have maybe a, a little bit of a tough skin because it's, mm. it's difficult, but uh, it's also really, it's really great. You know, it's really interesting work. It's really different. Mm -hmm. It's not nine to five sitting at a desk. Um, I couldn't do that, which is why I do what I do. But the hours are terrible. Because it's night work or you start? It's day work and night work. Oh. And, oh. Uh, and it's six days a week do you have to at the be least. At, do you have to be at every performance? I have to be at every performance or someone in my place. I mean, there are occasions when I will leave to do another show and I will hire someone else to do my job, but then they have to assume my responsibilities for the period in which I'm gone. Mm -hmm. We really, we tend to jump around a lot. Uh, from show to show, you mean? From show to show, okay. because you don't know how long a show is going to run. It's not very secure. Um, a lot of times your services are required, you know, once the show is in and up. I tend to stay. I like to run shows. Some people don't. Uh, but I will often stay for a little while, then leave a show to, to move on to the next one to get all the things together, to start the process all over again. Do you have to argue with people a lot? Uh, say you want to buy a beautiful chair and they say it's too expensive? Well, I have a budget mm -hmm. and um, I, have to, uh, I have to bring the show in on that budget. And so sometimes, you know, sometimes we can't have things that the designer wants or sometimes I have to try to find a way to get the things that the designer wants or the director wants even though it's not you know, in the budget. What would a budget of a big musical be? I, I think that uh, the budget of a big musical could easily be, and often has been, $75,000 to $100,000. It can be more. For props. For props. Yes, for props only. Uh, I've done shows for $40,000, but that's, it's not a lot of money because most things have to be made. It's not, for the most part, I can't go to the store and buy it. Mm. And so what might be a $40 bedspread, if I could go and buy one, uh, turns into a $2,000 bedspread because it has to be, I have to find the fabric. Then I have to dye the fabric. Then I have to ha take the dyed fabric to someone to make the bedspread. Um, you know, all these things are very, they're really costly. It's a process that costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. How much uh, can uh, a prop person 
earn? Uh, a prop person uh, who does, a prop supervisor, mm -hmm. someone like myself, can earn, I would say, about $75,000 a year. Um, I work really hard. As I said, it's six days. It's not mm -hmm. five. It's six and, and often seven. It can be 8 a.m. to midnight and often is. Oh. Um, so it's, uh, so it has it's hard be, earned. Yeah, it has to be love in there, too. It can't yeah. just be. Well, I don't uh, Was I don't your background think in the theater or? Well, uh, I was a, I grew up in a house where my parents were theater goers and music lovers and uh, I was a dancer and uh, I was interested in the theater mm -hmm. as a kid. And um, I have a theater degree and uh, I didn't think I was going to wind up doing what I do. I kind of fell into it by accident, but uh, it's, uh, yes, I love the theater. I love seeing shows. Uh, a lot of people, there are people in our business who don't love seeing shows. They love the process of putting the show on. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm one of those people who, I love both. I, I, love, to, I love to go see shows. So you, you, you didn't come out of a family that was in this union and continued? Because no, I don't have any, I have no connections. Um, <laughs> I just... Uh, so it's possible to get in. It uh, is possible. Are, are there many women or more women who do props than men? Or is it... Um, I would say that there are not very many people who do props, and um, I would say it's a f a some women, it's still mostly men, but more women, uh, I think, do props than, uh, props and electrics probably mm -hmm. have more women in them than, than carpentry. Uh, a lot of women work in wardrobe as well. Mm -hmm. And you're in charge of wardrobe, or you said you have to... I'm not in charge of the wardrobe, there's a wardrobe supervisor, but uh, I'm in charge of when, when when their effects have to get into the theater, whether it's on the road or in New York, it's my job to get them there. And that means getting, you know, they pack them, but we, I truck them, I move them from, from the truck into their place, wherever that is. And do you go on the road with the shows? I have gone on the road. I spent many years on the road. Uh, I think my road days are over now, but, uh, but I do go out of town. I, I mounted a tour of Saturday Night Fever after we closed the, the New York production last winter mm -hmm. we put out a tour so I spent a few weeks in Chicago getting the tour up and running and then I have two people on the tour in charge of the props and I I flew home so you go on the road too I do I try to avoid it but uh, but yes I do go on the road occasionally thank you so much for thank talking you to us we've been talking with the production carpenter Patrick Sullivan production electrician James Fedigan and production property master Heidi Brown for the American Theatre Wing I'm Pia Lindstrom the American Theatre Wing's Guide to Careers in the Theatre is a project of the American Theatre Wing and the New York Public Library's Billy Rose Theatre Collection, Theatre on Film and Tape Archive.